Welcome to the Society of British Dental Nurses podcast, sponsored by Horton Consulting. Hello and welcome to this podcast. I'm Laura Horton and today for the Society of British Dental Nurses, I'm interviewing a fantastic lady who has got a really interesting story to share with us. And today we're speaking to Gemma Akinady and Gemma has a fantastic role in dentistry. In fact, I think I quite like Gemma's job from what I've read about it so far. So I'd love to introduce you to Gemma. Hello, Gemma. How are you? Hi, Laura. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking time out of what must be a very busy work schedule to join us. It is, but it's no problem at all. I'm happy. Oh, we really appreciate it. So, Gemma, I want to get straight into it. So, Gemma, your role is a senior oral health practitioner for the London Borough of Waltham Forest. It yeah. sounds fabulous. It sounds busy. Can you tell us all about it, please? Yes, I can. Um, so, yeah, I'm a senior oral health practitioner um, and I work for a charity called Henry. Henry is an amazing charity that supports families to provide the best possible start in life for young children. Um, and in 2016, we were commissioned by Wolfram Forest Council um, to work with public health and the NHS to improve the health outcomes for children under five in four areas. So infant feeding, healthy eating, speech and language, and then there's oral health. Um, so the oral health part uh, is the smallest team and it just it's just comprised of me. Um, so I'm senior to myself at the moment. <laughs> and basically, so I, my job, the main aim of my job is to um, get the decay rates down for children under five because obviously they're really high and to stop children having to go to hospital to have their teeth out. Um, so to do that, I developed an oral health training program um, and that is delivered to all practitioners in the borough working with children under five. Um, and it covers sugar reduction, toothbrushing, dental visits, fluoride. And then we also cover how to raise the topic of oral health with families because it can be a sensitive topic, especially if their children have caries. Um, so we also have a biannual outreach sessions, um, which is probably the thing that I'm most proud of. Um, so myself and a dentist, we go to the children's centres twice a year um, and give checkups to children and fluoride varnish where it's appropriate. And um, that has just been so popular, it's unbelievable. So we thought we'd probably see about 10 children, but we actually see 100 in each session. Um, so yeah, and then of those children, 81% had never seen a dentist before. So I think it's really making a difference. We also have champions in each of the children and family centres, and they go through a quality assurance um, process and lots of training. And then we have meetings every month where we discuss what's going on and what's going well and what isn't going so well. Um, so they do activities um, twice, twice a term. So about once every four weeks, they have an activity session in their hub. And these sessions are amazing. So they have like big teeth everywhere with um, shaving foam as toothpaste. And they have um, like pictures of teeth that then they the parents paint with glue so that when it goes hard it shows what fluoride varnish does they have like a miniature dentist in there with different costumes for the kids and they give their parents checkups um so yeah it's really 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 good but uh training is my one of the favorite parts of my job because i can reach so many people through it um when i first started we did the training course 
once every three months and it was only really for health visitors and school nurses but it was literally so popular that I ha always had a massive wait in this um, so now I do it every six weeks and I just invite anyone that works with children in the borough wow so yeah I think that's most of the role yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to it and is this role full-time Gemma it is full-time um so the oral health part of it is actually two and a half days a week but for another two days a week I am part of the healthy eating team which ties in with oral health as well obviously and um yeah so that's running training and talking about sugar reduction and things so yeah it's it is full-time wow gosh okay I've got loads of questions to ask you but I just want to go back to the beginning um how did you get into dental nursing uh, so I got into dental nursing because I had had lots of different jobs. I was the kind of person that did a job for a year and then left um, and had countless numbers of different jobs, <laughs> really obscure things. I was a car salesperson once, working <laughs> cars, just lots of different things. And then um, I just decided that I needed to, do, to have a real career and to do something. And I saw an advert um, for a dental nurse with full training for the apprenticeship. And I thought this could be something that I could do and carry on with. Um, so I went and they gave me the job and I had, they gave me a week's trial. Um, and I realized that I just loved it. I loved that even wearing the face mask. I loved all the things of being in a surgery. So yeah, I thought this is definitely for me. Wow, fabulous. So you embarked on your qualification, you yeah. qualified, you went on GDC register. Where were you in your career when you saw this job being advertised? So um, I ended up working, I think it was in my third nursing job, I was working in a practice in Harrow, um, and Harrow has one of the highest decay rates um, for children in London. Um, so the practice I was working at, they wanted to become a training practice and have a foundation dentist. And in order for them to do that, they were asked to send their nurse who would work with that dentist on a prevention in practice course which was a new course at the time. It was, the, I was one of the first cohorts. And um, basically it's an eight month course and it was quite intensive um, at work. And you would go to Norfolk Park Hospital as well. Um, and they taught you all about how to support people with behavior change, um, how to do fluoride varnish, plaque scoring. And that once you'd qualified, you were able to have your own clinics where if the dentist saw families um, who were at risk of decay or had decay, they could refer them to me so that I would have the time to spend with them because the dentist obviously has 10, 15 minutes per patient. Mm. So I would have the time to spend with them to help them with behavior change and to apply fluoride varnish. Um, so once I started doing that, this role kind of followed on from that after doing that course because this role is all about supporting people with behavior change. Um, so yeah, it was kind of a follow on from that course. Wow, brilliant. And you saw the job being advertised. Now, um, Gemma, did you meet all the criteria for the job? No, I didn't. I definitely didn't. But um, you still applied. So you've got to tell us about this because this is so inspirational. I think this is just brilliant, Gemma. Um, so I was actually on maternity leave from the job in Harrow. And I saw on the NHS uh, job site, I saw that advertisement for this job. And you don't often see jobs like this. And when I was reading through the person spec, I just literally thought this is this is like my dream. This is exactly if someone could write down everything I wanted to do as a job, this is it. Um, but then when I looked at what they needed, uh, they wanted a degree in public health, um, which I didn't have. And 
I wasn't going to apply because that was one of the essential criteria and I just thought it's I'm just not there's no point it's a it's a it's a lot of effort to apply for a job um and I just thought there's no point but my fiance actually said to me that I have to apply for this job this is this job was made for you so I did apply and um I was I got an email the next day asking me for an interview so yeah I was very excited Oh, well, that's fabulous. So it goes to show, doesn't it? If, you, if you're reading it and you're thinking, this sounds like this would be good for me. Yes. You may not have the necessary qualification that's listed, but if you think it's right for you and you're going to be great at it, to so go for it. You're living proof of that, Gemma. Thank you. And definitely, it's, it's about the, having the passion and uh, being willing to learn. That's what's more important. So definitely, I think you should definitely go for it and apply for things, even if you don't meet all of the criteria yeah definitely definitely oh fabulous i'm so pleased so what's it like um Gemma, having to manage yourself because when you're a dental nurse in practice you know there's systems there's you know we, we know what we're doing don't we but then to move into your role where you're managing yourself what was that like wow that was um <laughs> that was a big learning curve my first week of work, I came home every day and said to my fiance, I think they find the wrong person. I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. And I'm not sure they've got this big specification from the council and I don't even know how to read it properly. But within a month, uh, somehow I just, you just adapt. And now I couldn't imagine not managing myself now. So yeah, it's, it's a steep learning curve, but you can do it. And you, you realize so many tasks that you did in the surgery there's so many times when you're really in charge of important things, even down to autoclaving instruments, things like that, um, check quality checking, doing all of the checks that you have to do. You actually learn so many skills that you can use in a different role. And that those skills all come in contact, all come into play in this role, deadlines, things like that. I mean, as a dental nurse, you have deadlines for everything. You have, you can have a day where you have so many patients that, everything still needs to be to exactly the same standard and you keep that standard up all the time so you do manage yourself a lot as a dental nurse you just sometimes don't realize how transferable all of our skills are oh very true okay Gemma so I just want to go back to a couple of things you said earlier on when you were talking to us about your job and things that you do I was wondering how you manage families with um, oral health particularly as you said families that have got caries and you have to discuss that with them yeah what, what tips do you have for the dental team then because you must be very experienced in that area and it is a very delicate topic parents can easily take offense can't they so what tips do you have um my biggest tip and it's one of the henry ethos as well and it's what i've learned here is empathy 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 if you meet someone with empathy you can start to build a relationship where you can talk about anything um, and that works all the time and it works. I use it in my personal life and it works with families that I'm talking to because we all need to feel like we're being heard and understood. It's a basic human need. Um, especially when you're a parent, you feel guilty for things anyway. And um, something that I really feel strongly about is that the vast majority of parents want the best for their children. So if they're not giving it to them, if something's going wrong somewhere, then it's, some, it's, some, it's from needing support. It's not because they're bad parents or because they want to do something bad it's just that they need support um and yeah the only way we can support them is to start with empathy oh that's fabulous and does it help Gemma that you're also a mum yeah it helps so much because um I have three children and 
I understand that sometimes when I'm talking to families and I want them to, to brush their child's teeth two times a day, they might be thinking about how they're going to survive the rest of the day, <laughs> as you do when you have young children. Yeah. So, yeah, it do, I think it does help me to relate a lot. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think just, just to add, you know, I, I'm a, a mum now and your perspective completely changes with the empathy that you've just discussed. And that's not being disrespectful to anyone who's not a mum, but you know what it's like at seven o'clock at night. You're <laughs> 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 just trying to end the day. So I think that, that's a wonderful tip, that empathy, that empathy, all parents want to do great by their children. That's, that's wonderful that, that you've shared with us. I also wanted to say about uh, the children's centres and 81% of the children have never seen a dentist. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's right. How did you go about setting that up? Because the children's centres are, you know, they're everywhere. There's yeah. so many children's centres and I think they're fabulous places. How did you embark on this? Yeah, so it, it was it was a real journey. So when I started, it was part of my specification um, to hold these outreach sessions, but... Uh, when they were writing the spec, there was access to the community dental service. Uh, when I started, I realised really quickly that the community dental service wasn't going to be able to help us because they need to stay where they are and see the children that are either um, have learning difficulties or disabilities um, or are really nervous and need that time. So they didn't have the capacity to come out to the children's centres. So um, rather than give up, I decided to start bombarding every surgery in Wolverham Forest um, with emails, phone calls and visits in person until I found a dentist that would come and work with me. Um, luckily, I found um, a dentist, her name's Dr. Shilpa Roy, and she agreed to do the sessions with me. And she's been absolutely brilliant. So basically, the way that I found to run it is that I run it just exactly as if we were at the surgery. So... Um, all of the forms and stuff, they, the FB17s and the medical history forms, they're filled out with the parents, um, the families before the sessions to save time. And then when they get to the sessions, they recheck them and sign them again. Um, so, yeah, that's how we run it. We organise it like that. And in the months before the sessions, I will be going out and recruiting the champions that I mentioned earlier. They recruit for me as well. And we really try and get parents from all different parts of society um, within Wolverham Forest so that we're not just focusing on one type of parent. Um, yeah, and they're, they're really, really successful. I mean, the parents are just, the feedback's amazing and they're all really happy to bring their child to a children's centre and then they can see a dentist there as well. It just, it works really well. Yeah, and I think what I really like the sound of it, it's amazing, um, you know, the, the effort you've put into that, into finding this dentist and also realising quite early on that the community are restricted within they do anyway but isn't it lovely for the children that they don't have to go to a dental practice where they may be in an environment where they've got nervous adults around them where they perhaps um you know unfortunately there are difficult situations that you have to deal with at the desk and you know the children can be listening to all of this so it's, it's a lovely environment for them i'd imagine yeah they really really love it and they get little goodie bags after um, and they just, they all love it and it's such a nice day and, and there's other things that come out of it that I didn't expect so all of the parents that are coming together they talk to each other and meet each other and um, things like that it's, it, it's a real community project and it's, yeah, it's a lovely day it's absolutely exhausting but it's, <laughs> <laughs> to them. it's like the highlights of my year and then by the end of the day I'm absolutely exhausted but so happy and so proud 
Um, and also for the children, some of the children who are really young, so the ones that are under one, it's a really nice way for them to see the dentist for the first time. Mm. And then it means when they do go to a surgery, they're already familiar with what's going to happen. They're familiar with the mouth mirrors and they are not so nervous about opening their mouths. And even the children that don't open their mouths on this time, we just say we bring them back maybe next time they will. Yeah. Oh, that's so positive. That's, you know, so positive, isn't it? You're going to have this generation of children that are going to be really proactive with their oral health because they're having this positive experience. Gemma, I was just thinking, you know, uh, um, there's so many uh, dental nurses that have got their oral health education qualification and they're not getting to use it. Yeah. Things such as your, you know, your oral health champions that you've put into place, you know, these outreach centres, and also, you know, just getting out there into um, groups, into, like you say, the um, health visitors, the, um, you know, anyone who's involved with children. I mean, what tips do you have for oral health educators that, you know, they can get out there and do these things? How should they approach that? So um, I used to do things, once I've done the prevention in practice um, course, I started doing things. So my children's school, when it was oral health month, when it was smile month and stuff, I'll go and do activities with the children, things like that. Because these are all one next experience of working with people and using that qualification that you've worked so hard to get. These are things that can go on your CV and make they make a real difference if you want to actually go into a career that's out of the surgery. Having those things, saying that you've done it, that you've um, facilitated activities at schools or that you've been to children's centres yourselves or that you've helped with children's groups. There's private children groups as well. It doesn't have to be um, the children's centres. They really show that you know how to use your qualification, that you know how to support parents. And it's really rewarding for yourself as well. It really helps. Even in your surgery, asking your dentist, could I, if you have patients that need a little bit of time, could I speak? Could I be the person to give them the oral um, health advice? Yeah. And for everyone, definitely we'll put a link onto the podcast to go and look at the um, oral health toolkit because it's, it's a massive document, isn't it? You know, to really familiarise yourself with it. I used to, back in the day, Gemma, I, you, you'd be proud of me. I used to go out to um, brownies and I think it was either Cubs or I think it was Cubs, not beavers and I used to go and I used to talk to them all about teeth and brushing their teeth and things like that and I'm going back donkey's years and my my practice just to let everybody know was not interested in me doing this through, yeah. the, through the practice which was crazy but I just used to go off on my own and we didn't even have the internet then and I'd go and find these places and also I don't know about you Gemma if you're experienced you've got three children when I had my little boy and I went to I was fortunate enough to have um, a health visitor program it ran over six weeks and one week was uh, diet health and uh, I put on the feedback forms there was absolutely no discussion about sugar and it really surprised me I expected this to be and that's definitely, you know, an area that's missing, isn't it? Yeah, it really is a massive area that's missing, um, and oral health to an extent, but um, not in Wolven Forest. In Wolven Forest, they are so proactive, and parents comment constantly that it's amazing that they have access to so much oral health information, and um, it makes a big difference, and sugar reduction information. It really... People, there's so many things that people just don't realise, like... Um, for instance, the small pots of Petit Falou have your child's maximum daily amount of sugar in one of them. Things like that, that parents could easily change, but they don't know the information. So it's, it's really important and, it, and yeah, it is missing. 
yeah education oh fabulous oh i definitely think i'd love your job <laughs> i'm sure many people are listening going, i can't tell you how much i love it i absolutely love it <laughs> well it's, you can really hear you can really hear um your passion um i'd like to move to talk about something else that you are equally um i don't know if passionate is the right word about but you know in regards to a way raising awareness yeah there's something that's very important to you um could you share some more information with us about that Gemma yeah so um uh, about 18 months ago my fiance um he died which was devastating um and he died from sepsis and what I realized is that there's hardly any awareness about sepsis um people Anytime someone asks me, for instance, how he died, and I say sepsis, I, I haven't had anyone who's actually known even what it is. So um, for anyone that doesn't know, sepsis is when the body overreacts to an infection. So the immune system overreacts um, to an infection. They don't really know why it happens, but it happens. And all of the symptoms are the same as the flu, common flu. So it's really hard to catch it early, and awareness is really important. Um, so... I found the Sepsis Trust who do amazing work to try and raise awareness and also to support families who have lost someone from sepsis. And um, last year we did a run for my fiance, whose name is Jesse. Um, we did a run to raise money for his headstone. And then we've decided that we're going to do this one every year. We're going to call it Jesse's run and we're going to donate all of the money to the Sepsis Trust um, to, and to try and raise awareness as well for, for the Sepsis Trust. Oh, it's really, you know, positive that you're able to move this forward to raise awareness and to raise money back to the Sepsis Trust as well. And um, we'll we'll put some information, some links on the podcast as well, Gemma, so that, you know, hope to raise awareness for you there. But, you know, it's, it's lovely that you're going to change uh, Jesse's run and that will run, that will happen every year. That's absolutely lovely. That's fabulous. And, you know, it's obviously been a very difficult time, but you're making something positive yes. come out of a, a dreadful situation. Yeah. Uh, hats off to you. Really, really, um, you know, I think that's amazing. Gemma, can we talk about dental nurses? Yes. <laughs> we'll move over to dental nurses. So what top tips do you have for dental nurses who would like to make a change in their role or they'd like to develop their career, they'd like, they'd like your job even. Um, what, what are your tips that you have for dental nurses? Um, I would say the, the main tip that I would say is to take advantage of everything that you can. So um, any opportunities, especially for training, to take them. Um, when I was given the opportunity to do the prevention in practice course, I was actually three months pregnant. And um, in the course of eight months, so the last <laughs> exam day was four weeks after my son would have been born. So I was thinking, how am I going to bring my son at four weeks to a three-part full-day exam? It's just uh, not going to work. But um, they didn't have any other registered nurses there, and they really wanted me to do it. So I just thought, you know what, somehow I'm going to make this work. Um, so I did the course. My son was born three days overdue so he was three weeks old when the exam day was um and uh, <laughs> to get my fiance bringing the baby and standing literally outside the exam rooms we were holding the baby up to the window so I could run in and out of the exam room and breastfeed him <laughs> yeah it, it was it was it was overwhelming it was a lot but 
if I hadn't have done that course, I wouldn't have ended up in this role. It led to this role, so it was just so worth it. And I think sometimes, even if something is difficult or you're not going to get paid for it, and it's, it's, you know, it's not completely fair because it should be more opportunities, but sometimes you just have to seize what opportunities you can because you never know where it's going to lead. Um, even at the moment, I'm, there was an opportunity with the breastfeeding team to be trained as a volunteer peer support worker. Um, and I am tired. I have three children and a full-time job, but I just thought this is not going to come. This is not necessarily going to come around again. So I'm going to make it work and, um, yeah, and do it. And I'm really glad that I am. And you never know at some point how breastfeeding may tie into my job, or it might be another direction that I go in alongside what I'm doing. Um, yeah. And I just, I think it's, it really shows employers that you're really passionate when they can see that you've done things that are out of the ordinary and that you've gone out of your way to do them. Yeah, absolutely. And what about making investments in courses and qualifications from a personal point of view? Because we appreciate that, you know, it costs money, doesn't it? And not all practices want to pay. But if a dental nurse really is passionate about something, would your, what would your advice be there? Would it be to self-fund? Uh, definitely. Um... If you can do it, I, it would definitely be self-fund. I mean, because this role is um, not in a surgery and stuff, there's lots of CPD that I don't get to do. Um, so I do have to make a real effort um, to keep up to date because I may go back into the surgery one day. I don't want to be completely out of touch. So I will pay for myself to go and do, um, there's the day courses at Waterloo. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, yeah, and to go and do courses that are practical um, so that it's as if I'm back in a surgery. Um, and I'll self-fund that because I think it's important to stay up to date and um, we have to keep ourselves relevant and knowing what's going on in the whole world of dentistry, not just in my little section of it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, brilliant. Great answer. And I think, you know, you've been, well, I don't think, I know you've been in dentistry for nine, nine and a half years or so now, Gemma. Now, a lot's happened. What are the biggest changes that you've seen in dentistry? Um, I think the biggest changes is in the amount of opportunities there are to specialise. Um, so now you could, there's so many different things you can do. So you can specialise like in different areas of dentistry like endodontics or implants nursing um and then there's also jobs like what i have in public health um there's just so many different ways you can go and you it used to be when i started that all it all it was was that we wanted to you're either a dental nurse or you want to be a hygienist and get on the hygiene course which is so hard and i didn't get on that a few times which was disappointing but now there's so many different ways that you can go um, in your career as a dental nurse um, and yeah so many different things that we can do. Absolutely so you did apply to do hygiene and therapy did you Gemma? Yeah twice. Yeah okay but you know everything happens for a reason. Yes definitely and sometimes it's you, you do have to um, become resilient as well because it's it's good you can do anything that you want but also some things aren't going to work out and then you find another way and I'm so glad that I didn't get onto the hygiene course. So, so glad. I never thought I'd ever think that, but I really am so glad I didn't because I love my job now. Oh, wow. So Gemma, one last question. Yeah. What's next for Henry? Um, so recently there's been a lot of um, press around Henry because of the success in Leeds. Um, Henry actually 
started off to tackle obese childhood obesity and um in Leeds the obese they've been in Leeds for 10 years now the Henry program and um their obesity has actually started to reverse there um there's been a decline so Henry is just going to be get bigger and bigger hopefully and hopefully we'll be commissioned in other areas and all health will be commissioned more in other areas um and yeah, we're just going to carry on. We've got another two years left in Wolverham Forest um, on our contract. And hopefully we'll just continue to support families in Wolverham Forest and um, support families across the UK. Oh, fabulous. Wonderful. Well, we definitely look forward to keeping you keeping us updated and us finding out more. And I'm just, uh, sure the Society of British Dental Nurses uh, will be sharing information online as well via social media. Gemma, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. It's been absolutely fascinating. Uh, I definitely would like your job. Um, so I'm sure there are many other dental nurses that would like to as well. Thank you for your wonderful top tips to help with communicating with families um, that have got caries, um, you know, the empathy aspect, and also your top tips for um, dental nurses getting out there and promoting oral health and developing their careers as well. So on behalf of the Society of British Dental Nurses, we'd like to say thank you ever so much, Gemma, for joining us on today's podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure and I can't thank you enough. Oh, thank you very much and you're most welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe so you can be notified of our next episode.